Hey everybody, welcome to Trashy Divorces, our Trashy Royals on Wednesday edition. I'm Alicia. My name's Stacy. Thank you so much for joining us today. On this week of Trashy Royals, we're pulling out a, I would say a fan favorite, Stacy. This is a fan favorite for sure. This is from our Patreon, our Trashy Tutor series, originally aired September of 2019. But today, for our subject, it's a really good one. We're going back to the 14th century. Get loud! Oh my god. <laughs> yes, because A Knight's Tale is the best movie ever. We're going to be talking about Isabella of France today. When you think Isabella, you think of France. You think of hype and jousting for real. I promise this story is amazing. It really is a pretty Super fun one. entertaining. Isabella of France is a daughter of France and a queen of England whose historical record was a little, a little marred after time. There's a lot of trash. This is not your average boring 14th century history class. No. It is sort of trashy history through trash candy. Included in the episode, we got lovers. Everybody's got a lover. Sometimes a few. Sometimes a few. There's court intrigue. There's factions. There's a little true crime. The story really does have everything. Your particular reason why it's a favorite is also the origin of Hug Dispenser. That will be explained when you listen. So many nicknames in this one that have traveled throughout our Trashy Tutor series on Patreon. I want to mention two quick things, two excellent sources. If you are into podcasts and really like English Queens, I cannot recommend highly enough the Queens of England podcast by a fellow named James Bolton. He is amazing. If you're into England's early Queens and want to watch it on television, Helen Castor is your girl. She has made a series called She-Wolves Early Queens of England that is an excellent source as well. Is that the biz? I think that's the business. Get ready for trashy history, y'all. Get ready for trashy royals, y'all. Let's go, go, go. You know what? You should put on pearls, I should Alicia. Put, I, they're right here. Are they? Oh, yeah, they're on the table. <laughs> Why are... I'm naughty. You know what? No, because <laughs> I had them on for the live show, and I decided not to wear them. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, so you were like... got left on the should, podcast table. Yeah, should I... Should I wear these? And I'm wearing like, them for I... Isabella of France. Okay. Isabella of France. Sent Columbus abroad? No. No. Not New World no Lady? Nowhere close to that time period. Ocean Blue? No. Nope. All of that? Okay. Nope. That was nope. 1492. Yeah. When is this? Uh, the early 1300s. Oh. We're a little back, oh, backing I up the bus a little see. today. Okay. Different Isabella then. Unless. Different Isabella. She lived a really long time different she's a vampire (laughs) she's a vampire i mean come on did she go outside during the day completely does the historical record show okay back up the bus okay done i'm gonna let you tell your story realign with me welcome to trashy tutors welcome i'm so excited this is our kickoff of a month of september trashy tutors and today we're covering isabella of france she wolf extraordinaire oh but this is a pretty fun one. It's not exactly a trashy divorce, but a pretty gruesome murder. Oh, hey, true crime fans. We're going to get there. We're going to back up the bus for this one episode by popular demand, because Isabella of France was a queen of England. But <laughs> revisionist history <laughs> turned her <laughs> into she-wolf of France instead of savior of England as the queen. Oh, that's this fascinating. This story has... your. 
custom made for you. Uh, well, I have news for you. Tell me. Because I knew you were talking about this time period and there's, I don't know if there's a Black Death tie-in here, but I did go back and listen to the episode of this podcast will kill you about the plague about the black death yeah we're gonna talk a little bit about the little ice age which i don't have plague ties in we're the plague is at the end of our story okay but okay. i mean but it there's a tie-in you can always find a tie-in i'm to just tutors i'm just i'm gonna sit back and wait for my moment okay like i do so we're backing up the bus on this one by popular demand for Alicia to tell one more story about a historic woman trying to do things differently in her own times. And I'm kind of conflicted about this one. I don't know how I feel about Isabella of France. I just listened to Meredith Brooks' Bitch, and I think that's how I feel about Isabella of France. But set in our times, Isabella of France is a badass. Set in her times, it oh, it's such a good story. Okay, we're going to go back to the early 1300s. In Fast Eddie 2. Okay, right. So, so his son was Fast Eddie 3, who ruled England for 50 years and kicked off the... The Hundred Years War. Hundred so Years this War. this episode predates that. So this is the that. grandfather this of the, the, Lanca- the original Lancaster and York kinda. tribes, kind of. Yes. Okay. This is the prequel to the Hundred Years War, War of the Roses episode, in depth. Hmm. I talked about this a tiny bit in that War of the Roses ep with Fast Eddie 3, This story is going to end with Eddie 3. The story is about his mom and his dad. So this trashy divorces bingo has everything. Okay. You can list a repetition from anywhere in the series and you're going to see it here. So let's time hop back. Isabella of France is born in 1295. Again, no birth date. Because girls, yo, they think it's 1295. She is born into the house of Capet. So her father is Philip IV of France. Her mom is Joan of Navarre. Okay. Okay. Her mother, Joan, was married when she was 11 years old to Philip IV. Joan goes on to have three sons. All will be kings of France, just for your knowledge. Charles, Philip, and Louis. (laughs) (laughs) Wanted Wanted to throw out our favorite French names. Taking a deep breath. Philip IV of France. And Joan of Navarre do have one daughter, Isabella of France, who is going to be Queen of England. So she's so born. Con- such confusing nomenclature. Yeah. Her mom, Joan of Navarre, is consort to a powerful king. She does die when Isabella is young, but Isabella knows what court life and what a queen does, what a consort does. Sure. Like, she is not an idiot kid. Once her mom dies, she's raised in the Louvre, the Palais de Louvre, by her nurse. She's educated, like, literate and everything, like, which is a big deal for 1300. Do you think she had to stand in line to see the Mona Lisa? <laughs> <laughs> so, Stacey, I want to talk about your favorite thing, okay. land battles in France. Yay! So at the time that this is happening... Mm-hmm. England and France are about to fucking gear it up. But the whole time, we can sum it down to this. They're fighting over four countries. Aquitaine, Gascony, Normandy, and Anjou. Okay? Those four all buffer the coast of England, and those are the territories they're always fighting. Right, right. Okay. 
And the the cultural distinction between England and France at the time was much less, I gather. Mm, We're going to get there. Yeah. Uh, France is at that time going to be seen as definitely more sophisticated. Sure. But I mean, it... So the linguistic thing that I learned, and this podcast will kill you, is that the Black Death that swept through in, what, 1350 or something? Mm -hmm. The elites in England spoke French. That was the common language of elites at the time and the black death wiped them all out and the the more separated communities in the countryside you know had fewer a lower mortality rate in general uh and they all spoke english because they weren't so i'm going to take you back about 30 years and plant Mm -hmm. the seeds of why we hate france (laughs) okay no because like that is certainly i think there's a certain synthesis level connection to a little bit I found out when you told me about that. We'll talk about it. Sure. Okay. Aquitaine, Anjou, Normandy, Gascony. Mm -hmm. You're going to fight over them for all time. And Isabella's tiny baby hands need some rings. Sure, sure. And Fast Eddie the first of England, the king of England, Fast Eddie one, and Philip the fourth make a marriage contract between their kids. Isabella is three years old. Fast Eddie, the second, is 11 years older. April 25th is his birthday Mm -hmm. because you apparently record the birth dates of, you know, boys. Boys. He's a total Taurus. So remember, Eddie won. His dad is a great warrior. He's called the Hammer of the Scots. This was the king who took the Stone of Scone from Scotland and brought it to Westminster Abbey, who claimed, hey, Scotland is England's too. Eddie the First. He's a big fucking deal. Not if you're Scottish. If you were English, Eddie the First is a big deal. If you're from Scotland, you hate him, probably. Okay, <laughs> but his son, Eddie the Two, is not quite the accomplishment that he is. Even though Eddie the Two is tall and muscular, He has no interest, like his father, in being a warlord. When he goes on campaign with his dad, he travels with a pet lion Hmm. and a band of fiddlers. I mean, this guy is Mr. Good Times. Seems, I bet it was really good for troop morale. All right, all right, all right. To have have Matthew McConaughey, like, (laughs) along for the campaign. So, like, you can't change your character, right? Can I pet your lion, sir? Right? Let me fiddle for you and make your lion dance. Uh, You can't change your character. In Fast Eddie 1 is like, oh, God, I need to get somebody around to butch you up a little. So he needs them to be better at jousting. Basically, Masculine sort of things. Because Eddie the two, handsome, fair, not really masculine. Likes... Dance music and cats. Disco and cats. Yeah. that up. Okay. (laughs) So you need to be better at, you know, being a dude. So I'm going to hire this guy named Piers Gavelston to teach you. You need to joust for real, son. Now, probably not happily for Fast Eddie the One, Fast Eddie the Two and Piers Gavelston fall in love. (laughs) I'm not gonna say i suspected that's where that goes but there you go so in 1307 eddie one is dying and he gives some final instructions to 23 year old fast eddie two 
and says, like deathbed orders here. Son, a hundred knights should crusade carrying my heart and the army should carry my bones to defeat Scotland and you were to have nothing to do ever again with Piers Galveston. God. Okay. Deathbed orders. So Isabella, a year after this in 1308, arrives in England, 12 years old, to fulfill her destiny as Queen of England. Hooray! She, <laughs> she arrives to marry Fast Eddie the two. Fast Eddie too, who's really into this, I can tell. He's 24. She's 12. It's January 1308. And the wedding happens the year after Eddie the One dies. And now because Eddie One is dead, there's all kinds of pressure on Eddie Two To make you a... You need to marry. You yeah. need to procreate. Welcome to the gayest to, wedding. To make a union and make an heir. Well, it's the gayest wedding you've ever seen. Oh, cool. Eddie is described as having much passion and little judgment. <laughs> Isabella arrives. She's the beauty of beauties. Like, she's 12, so it's still all creepy, but she is glowingly praised in the news of the day. And she's bringing some style into England because from the age of three, she knows what her destiny is. She's going to be queen of England. So she brings gowns and furs and headdresses and 419 yards of linen. Did Eddie follow his father's deathbed wishes? Not one bit. Well. Because guess who is wearing her jewels as Queen of England at the wedding and sitting next to the groom at the place of honor at the wedding ceremony? Is it Pierce? Pierce Gavelston? Gavelston. Yes. Okay. I was going to say Gascon. I don't know. Pierce. Pierce. Pierce is wearing the mm. jewels of the Queen of England and mm. sitting next to the groom at the wedding supper. I think perhaps he misunderstood what the jousting lessons were about. At her coronation, he wears, Piers wears the royal purple and pearls. Jesus. Okay. Piers is handsome. He carries in the king's crown to the coronation. He sits with Edward at the banquet. He's written about at the time he's said to resemble the god Mars. Isabella is nowhere in this picture, and she knows it's fucking weird. Hey, wait a minute. I'm 12, but I'm not stupid. I've been raised in the Franche court, and her uncles are all there. Her oh, Gasconian, no. Anjou, Norman, like, all of her uncles yeah, come in to witness this. Not and a they great go look. back to France like... <laughs> Y'all. Catastrophe. Okay. It is written about at the Times. That I think one of the uncles said this. I do not remember to have heard that one man so loved another. The English nobles finally have gotten what they wanted with Fast Eddie 2 getting married. Now they're going to have heirs. But no, you went and pulled this shit? Like, do what you're going to do, Eddie. We all do. But keep yourself in the fucking closet. This is... This story is subtitled, Why Closets Are Bad. <laughs> also at the same time, don't forget, Eddie the One, Hammer of the Scots, took over all of Scotland. Eddie too is losing it. Right, right. It is all, like, it is the, nobles are mad. Yeah, I Eddie think I... Eddie is losing every bit of advances Edward I has made and yeah. more. Yeah. Okay. So one day, nobles come on into Parliament. They're armed and they're angry and they demand that peers be banished and the 21 of us guys should just rule on your behalf. 
But wait. Stories about Isabella. She's the queen, but she can't do anything about it. She's yeah. a fucking kid. Yeah. And that's kind of what happens is they banish Piers, but after two months, Eddie and Piers are back together. Yikes. So by 1312, even though the country is pretty much at civil war about this, Isabella, who is 16 by now, is pregnant. And life should be looking up, but nope. She is spending her time as a pregnant 16-year-old following her husband and his lover all around England. They start, she's second, and then an army is following her around them in hot pursuit. The Earl of Lancaster, whose lands are sitting in that border between Scotland, he's king of the north. Okay. Okay. Earl of Lancaster, king of the north. They want peers out of the way. Peers takes refuge in Scarborough. Eddie and Isabella take off to York. Piers is starved out at Scarborough, held by the lords, and seized, sentenced to death in a show trial. His head is hacked from his body by the Earl of Lancaster. Yikes. Eddie, too, is disconsolate. So, I'm sorry, he, but this is, do you know what he was charged with in the show trial? Like, he was- he was seized Trumped and up. he was seized and killed because he was, he was the gay. male lover of the king. That yeah. is correct. Okay. Yes. That is correct. Earl of Lancaster beheads Piers Gavelston. So actually the two is sounds to me not like happy. closets were a really good idea at the time. <laughs> like things are better now in a lot of places. Okay. So the twelfth of November in thirteen twelve, same year, Piers is dead. Isabella of France delivers a boy. Oh, good. Okay. So So now... She's secure. Yep. She can gain a little power. Mm -hmm. And she wants to not only support her son, but also her husband. So her reputation, at least on the surface, starts as a peacemaking queen. But her husband, Eddie too, is doing everything he can to make sure whatever efforts she makes totally back end and fail because... He's an asshole. Yeah. In 1314, the Battle of Brannockburn is the biggest defeat ever of an English king. Eddie the Two on the outs. Robert the Bruce reclaims Scotland. Yeah, there's a Netflix movie, like original movie that came out, I think this year, that may have been called The Outlaw King, that is... It's been on my list forever. It's about, I mean, it's about Robert the Bruce and... All well, Robert the Bruce is like, fuck you, yeah. Eddie too, you're a pushover. Your dad, Eddie, won. Actually, you know, if you want to <laughs> fast Eddie, like, created Scotland pride and branded the country together pretty quick. Like, rebellion is a pretty good people unifier. Yeah. Hot tip. Okay. Robert the Bruce reclaims Scotland. Ballockburn, everybody's cremated. It's 1314. 1315 is the beginning of the Little Ice Age. Accord- according, according to some measures. But yes, harvest fit. Harvests yeah. are failing. Cattle are dying. Uh-huh. And the nobles, after Eddie the Two's colossal losses, now the countryside is barren. Yeah. There's famine. There's, I mean, it's t- like people who do survive are malnourished to the point that basically when a highly infectious communicable disease like bubonic plague hits a few decades later the population is ripe 
to be infected. The nobles blame this on his extravagance and lack of direction, Hmm. but I think we know what it was blamed on. Yep. A climate change, like Jerry Falwell's not new. Right. Neither is Swagger. Neither are any of those fuckers who blame natural disasters on homosexuals. Yep. Don't get me Julie Sugar Bakered up. Okay. As yeah, as Dorian is figuring out where it's gonna hit next. So Ballockburn, thirteen fourteen, a disaster, little ice age, the country's fucking falling apart. And those guys who went in and stormed Parliament are like, Okay, we need the grown ups are in charge now. Yeah. This is ridiculous. So Earl of Lancaster's in charge. He dispenses ten pounds a day to fast Eddie too. He is on a tight and fast allowance. 10 pounds a day at the time, though, had to be, that's got to be, that's like when the banks put Trump on a $450,000 a month allowance right. or I whatever. Mean, 10 pounds a day, but the Earl of Lancaster is dispensing mm-hmm. it. Things are actually kind of under control right? for the first time in a minute, but there's going to be a new favorite that's going to make Piers Gavelston look like a fucking Care Bear. Uh-oh. Okay. So Fast Eddie 2, just biding his time, revenge best served cold. But he's up with the one remaining noble family who doesn't care that he's gay, the Dispensers. Hugh Dispenser. Really? Mm-hmm. D-I-S-P-E-N. D-E-S-P-E-N-C-E-R-S. Okay, so it's, okay. De, dis, de, dispensers? Dispensers, yeah. Love Hugh, it. Hugh Dispenser, which may or not be the lineage of Diana Spencer's family. I was going to say, yeah. I've already looked it up. Some people say, sure, we can get it back there. And some people say, that's all crap. I may follow up on it one day. Yeah. I've got the research. It's kind of Anyway, but they've dispensed with their bigotry, more or less. Well, they also see that, okay, there are a bunch of ways this could go. There's an elder dispenser, like Grandpa Dispenser, and then Hugh dispenser and he was a little younger and maybe fast eddie too just really has a crush on him and they're not lovers but maybe they are lovers if my last name was dispenser <laughs> all of my pets would be named things like food it's food dispenser that's atm over there it's a money dispenser <laughs> so the dispensers did were in the camp that supported piers gavelston so again some historians claim Fast Eddie 2 and Hugh were not lovers. Some claim they totally were. I don't know if Hugh is just riding it for what he can take, but this family are enriching themselves to the thousand percentage. Cool. Cool, cool. Okay. So Hugh Dispenser, maybe his, maybe Fast Eddie's lover, maybe not. Isabella ends up having two more kids. The Dispensers are using their access to build up power and wealth. What if... The pronunciation at the time wasn't Hugh, but was more like hug, and he's a hug dispenser. Oh, my God. In 1321, the lords, the nobles, are fucking done with this, and they're threatening violence. Isabella has a fourth child. She, again, is playing peacemaking queen. She negotiates a temporary truce. But in 1321, she's on her way to pilgrimage in... Canterbury. And she stops at Leeds Castle near the Kent coast. And she's seeking shelter. And if the queen comes to your house and you're a fucking noble, you open the gate yeah. and give the queen shelter. Yeah. But the dude who lives there is a like noble enemy. And he's not there, but his wife is. And she's like, hey, Isabella, my mat does not welcome you. 
And Isabella is left in the cold and she's kind of pissed and she orders her men to force themselves in. The defenders of the castle naturally shoot on her men, leaving six of her dudes dead. Good Lord. Actually, Eddie, bad Lord. Eddie, too, is pissed. I would think. And uh, It's too bad he sucks at the military stuff. He just starts locking up noble women and children, oh. and, like slaying lords. This is treason. Wow. This is treason. And the wife eventually throws open her gates as Eddie's coming to get her to beg for mercy she and her kids are thrown in the tower all of her men are hung from leeds castle walls shit okay hey trash pandas when you need a brain break from your day let me recommend the game june's journey for android and iphone it's a hidden object mystery game where you are solving a murder uncovering family secrets and i don't know exposing official corruption all in an extremely stylish 1920s setting Every scene takes you deeper into the mystery and introduces you to an expansive cast of characters as June Parker explores the questions surrounding her sister's apparent murder-suicide at the family's beachfront estate. Add your own elements to the island from lush gardens to gorgeous new buildings. This story has so many twists and turns. Right now, we are on a global journey attempting to rescue June's niece, Virginia, It's a great combo of gameplay. It's a memory puzzle, a design project, an intriguing storyline with genuinely fabulous art. When you want to let your mind wander, relax into this glorious 1920s murder mystery and get lost in the fun. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Hi, I'm Chris Gethard, and I'm very excited to tell you about Beautiful Anonymous, a podcast where I talk to random people on the phone. I tweet out a phone number, thousands of people try to call, I talk to one of them, they stay anonymous, I can't hang up, that's all the rules. I never know what's going to happen. We get serious ones. I've talked with meth dealers on their way to prison. I've talked to people who survived mass shootings. Crazy funny ones. I talk to a guy with a goose laugh, somebody who dresses up as a pirate on the weekends. I never know what's going to happen. It's a great show. Subscribe today, Beautiful Anonymous. There are over 90,000 people missing at any time, and over half a million are reported missing every year. And that's just in the United States. I'm Mike Morford. And I'm Jess Betancourt. And in our podcast, Missing Persons, we discuss cases of people who have gone missing under mysterious circumstances. And we're joined in each episode by guests who are either related to the missing person, investigating their disappearance, or advocating for answers in the case. Missing Persons is available everywhere you listen to podcasts, and there are dozens of episodes to binge on right now. Subscribe today so you don't miss an episode. So the opposing lords now know that Fast Eddie the Two is going to kill you. He has bided his time long enough, and now he wants to enact his revenge. He is not taking your shit anymore. He ends up defeating and capturing the Earl of Lancaster. So this relationship with Hug Dispenser really, Mm -hmm. really emboldened him. Well, Hug Dispenser, this is reported as well, like maybe or maybe not Edward's lover, but uh, it is also reported at the time he sexually assaulted Isabella of France. Wow. So Hug Dispenser is a real asshole. Wow. Okay. Yeah, okay. Wait on it. Eddie and Hug Dispenser are so busy fighting their own battles that Isabella ends up getting captured by the Scots, which leads to two of her ladies-in-waiting getting killed. And she ends up only escaping, hold on, with the Flemish Navy, because Fast Eddie 2 and Hugh don't come to her aid, like failure to assist. Shout out to my Dutch and Belgian folks. Nah, fuck. Isabella's done. At this point, Isabella is O. 
never it. Yeah, no, she's jumped a ship and she's, mm-hmm. she's out of there. Okay, but remember the king has captured the Earl of Lancaster. Right. And Eddie's like, psh, behead him. Just like he did with Piers. And the Earl received measure for measure. Mm, hacked, hacked his head off. Mm-hmm. So prisons are filling with wives and kids of rebels. It's fucking bedlam. He hugged a Spencer. As much a misnomer as it is, is kind of ruthless. And like tyranny is happening in the country. And Isabel is like, oh my God, I'm done with this. Also in 1324, there's a crisis in England and France, and they're fighting over Gascony and what's going to war. And it turns out that the English government, Eddie the two, decides all French people living in England are the enemy. You have your lands taken from you. Isabella has her lands taken. Her maids are fired. Her kids are taken from her. If you're French in 1324, you had to GTFO England. Like you were a nothing. (laughs) You divided the wall between the French and the English living in England. These people really knew how to... Black Plague tie-in. Knew how to run economies, didn't they? Okay. So Isabella... early Brexit, basically. mm -hmm, Who's lost everything. Her mistrust has turned to rage hatred loathing you may consider them separated isabella's fucking done in this war ish with england and france and gascony her brother is the french king and he's willing to negotiate and isabella like tells eddie the two like don't worry dude i got you he's my brother i can totally go to france I'm a peacemaking queen. Right, right. What What have I ever done to prove to you that I'm different than, of course, I'll go over and negotiate. You can trust me. So in 1325, Isabella leaves for Paris. She does negotiate a treaty. And in that treaty, she sends a little letter over to England like, hey, uh, Fast Eddie 2, can you go ahead and send our 12-year-old Eddie 3 back over to France to seal the deal? Like, I kind of promised my brother that the heir to the throne would come over and bow and stuff, you know, just to make it formal. And sure enough, Fast Eddie 3 comes on over. And with him there, right. her position is transformed. Right, right. With her son. She's got the future king of England hanging out with her. She fuck she wants. Well, little Eddie, two, Eddie 3, when he comes over, has a little note on him like Paddington Bear. Is this... Are you exaggerating or is that true? No. Okay. Because, yes, he sent with letters for whatever. We're okay. calling him Hug Dispenser. Hug I figured dispenser. we're just being silly sure. now. This is drunk history, except we're not drunk, so. Not yet. Okay, so Eddie 3 comes over with a little Paddington Bear note. Sure. Uh, hey, thanks, Isabella. You can come on back now. Oof. Uh, thanks a bunch, and I need to tyranny some more, and I need you here because you're really my best foil to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, but, uh, I mean, he needs a beard. Yeah. Isabella has no intention of going anywhere. Why would she? She even writes about it. Uh, Sounds like Hug Dispenser is a fucking nightmare. No, she's like, I will not come back until this intruder is removed from my marriage. Hmm. So when you hear like Diana, Princess Diana, talking about there's always been a third person in our marriage. Wasn't the first time. Right. Until Hug Dispenser is out of the way, I'm not fucking coming back to England. Okay. So the PR play she has going on is that she's a wronged wife. She is. <laughs> Which she really, really is, yeah. right? Yeah. 
she's the wronged wife and she is gay. Like she has everybody's sympathy of, we all know the real deal, Isabella. And we're really sorry that this king turned out to be such a fruitcake and God, poor you. But it's not going to go great for her because she does something to spoil this good PR place she has. Okay. She falls in love with a dude named Roger Mortimer, who is a soldier and a politician. He was one of the rebel noble lords in England. He escaped into exile into France. And like a week after their meeting, they are in love. They are like the Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton of the 13th century. Is he Roger Lord Mortimer? Because I feel like in A Knight's Tale, there is a loud announcement of... He's Roger Lord Mortimer. There are Mortimers that are very important that he's connected to, yes. But he does... I'm going to have to watch that movie now. Okay. okay Night Steel's best movie It's ever. a great movie. It is not historically accurate, but very fun. He got to joust for real. He did get to joust for real. Okay. <laughs> so they have the greatest love affair of the 14th century. Like, they are written... It is... All-consuming, all-passionate. But the problem is the queen can't commit adultery, right? You, The queen like, can't do this. So she, Isabella, hanging out in France. She's now allied with a warrior nobleman. She has her son at her side. And she ends up negotiating the marriage of Eddie III to Philippa of Hanalt and uses the Hanaltian army to go back to England with Roger Mortimer and her son and the fucking army of his new bride. And the nobility hates Eddie too at this point. That's it. So she comes back to England and she's greeted with open arms. Like while there was no alternative, the people couldn't resist. But now Isabella is going to claim the throne right. for Fast Eddie with, 3. Yeah, she... She's bringing and a credible king. She becomes England's champion, the savior of England. She's going to take out Hug Dispenser. She does. <laughs> she gets her kids back. She's the savior of fucking England. Eddie and Hug Dispenser pack their horses full of gold and <sighs> flee. Flee! But they're captured. And Hug Dispenser is brought before Isabella. And she relishes her revenge. He is disemboweled and castrated while still alive. Wow. Mm-hmm. Which is sort of, the, I mean, the castration part, at least, is, I think, the fantasy of many, many women who've dealt with assault by... I do not feel ashamed. Modern-day hug dispensers. Same. So Isabella is really acting like a king. Anyone who is opposed, because now she is technically the claimant for her son and anyone who is opposed to her, she is fucking brutal with. So what happens to Fast Eddie too? <sighs> it takes her four months to conquer England in the name of Fast Eddie three. Fast Eddie That's, two. It's like lightning speed. Oh my God. Okay. Fast Eddie two. There has never been a king. So remember all the problem with Matilda and her cousin, Stephen coming and oh, he's right, an right. anointed king and we can't right. just depose him. Right, anointed by God, so it can't be... Fast Eddie, too, has to sign his own abdication. Wow. Mm -hmm. They have him holed up in a castle, and in the time they have, they just want him to die, right? So at first, he's kind of treated really well, but his treatment steadily goes downhill. Three plots to liberate him have been uncovered, and now they're just like, fuck, 
Eddie the two, you need to die. Okay, so they're not going to let Isabella necessarily rule in her own right. But Fast Eddie 3 is now 14, and she can rule in his name for a hot minute. Sure. Eddie the two locked up. His staff of office is broken. And as great as his treatment starts out in the beginning, by the end, he's denied clothing. He's denied sleep. Like, licking soup off the floor. Right, like, could you just die as quickly yeah, as possible, Yeah, trying to torture please? him to death, basically. And Isabella is actually mad that the guards are treating him so lightly. Why isn't he dead yet? Okay. He is murdered in his bed. His death is announced, but never explained. Legend says that a red hot poker was inserted into his anus. Mm -hmm. I've heard this story. To... Sure. To punish his... Cook him alive. Um, Yeah. So he was was actually tortured to death, most likely. He was brutally and illegally deposed. And killed. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. I mean, it sounds like he was kind of a shit king, but, uh, you know, that's that's rough. That's a rough end. So because his death was announced but never explained. Sure. Isabella and Roger Mortimer are now in charge of the country in the name of Fast Eddie 3, who they pretty much keep prisoner. They end up serving about four years, but they are becoming super unpopular just as much as her tyrant dead husband was. She is totally going for her own power and wealth. There is no limit to what she's rewarding on herself, as well as Roger Mortimer. Like, pretty much the content of the royal treasury. So, new guy, same as the old guy. Yeah. There's brutal suppression in the land. Don't forget, we're in the Little Ice Age, too. And they keep Fast Eddie the Three on the hook. They monitor everything he does. He has no freedom. Christopher Marlowe says that he is a lamb encompassed by wolves. This is Christopher Marlowe writing a few hundred years later. Okay. Okay. By 1330, it is said that Roger Mortimer's word is more important than the king's. (laughs) They're all holed up at Nottingham Castle and... Isabella and Roger are already kind of suspicious because Eddie the Three, who's 18 now, is, you know, kind of resisting. Yeah, credibly ready to be in power in his own way. They redouble the guards, but Eddie the Three has made some uh, secret plans, and he's going to use those secret tunnels to move his guys in. Hmm. His army sneak in, and faster than Isabella and Roger know it, they're done. They're captured. They capture and kill immediately Roger Mortimer. Wow. He is hanged at Tyburn, like, within a week. Like, it's quick. So Edward III effectively kills his own stepfather yep. and captures, I mean, I don't know what happens to his We're mother. Talk, I'm sure. We're going to talk about it. So he, he captures yeah. his mother and stepfather, basically. Captures his mother and beheads his stepfather with, like, a quickness that wow. made Roger Mortimer's head come off. Ah, his head spin. Ah, there you go. Ah, okay. Okay. Now, Isabella, who is still a realist, no public traces of her grief are shown. But she (laughs) is sent into confinement for the next 30 years. Yikes. Her estates are surrendered. Fast Eddie III, because she is his mother, gives her three or four thousand pounds a year. I've seen the amount differ with these strict instructions 
that she cannot intervene in politics, and you are retired, mother. You are retired. You can stay here in this castle. I will provide for you in the luxury in which you have become accustomed, but you need to stay the fuck out of it and you're barely alive. As it is, don't test me. Isabella spends the next 30 years hanging at that castle. She ends up getting super religious. And her daughter, Joan, known as Joan of the Tower, she was born in the Tower of London, who was married to a Scottish king. Totally new name for you, Stacy, David II. Yay! Well, David II was kind of an unfaithful jerk. So Still, Joan of the Tower. Fresh name, that's all. Comes on over to join her mom, Isabella of France, in confinement. And Isabella's mother was Joan, yes? Yeah, so, Joan okay. of Navarre. There you mm-hmm. go. Isabella of France dies in 1358 at the age of 63. Oh, this is stone cold, man. She is buried in the clothes she wore on her wedding day so many, many moons ago. Good Lord. And also... She was 12. In her hands. She could still fit in her... Man. She is buried with the cold, dead, shriveled heart of Edward II. Really? Yep. Was that an insult or did she want that? I'm a bitch, I'm a lover, I'm a mother undercover. Those aren't the right words, nope. but i just saying. <laughs> okay. So once Roger Mortimer is beheaded and Isabella is removed from power... Now we pick up with the 100 years. Like, Fast Eddie 3 is going to have a 50-year reign of, woo! Yeah, super Um, successful. But, I mean, like, you know, fighting. Law and proper government have resumed. Now go over to the 100 Years War of the Roses episode to catch up on the rest. But the thing that's interesting to me about Isabella of France is... In revisionist history, a generation later, she is cast as a Jezebel. She is cast as a she-wolf. And it's, oh, poor Fast Eddie, too. Wasn't he done wrong by this mean girl? She's a sex goddess and a slut and a harlot. And all these hindsight opinions get created about Isabella of France when, at the time... She was the fucking hero of England. Right. But male revisionist history will recast her as the she-wolf of France. And the thing, I guess, okay, this is next level shit, but Isabella finally gets power and is just as violent and self-serving as the men that she replaced, which... I don't know. This boggles sort of my brain because you kind of have these questions on female leadership. Like, right. let's let women rule because they're going to do it differently. But Isabella actually has a four-year regency to rule and is equally, if not more, ruthless than the men she's playing with. And I guess that's my wall of time that I have to get over because I'm trying to place her in a very medieval age into a modern context. I mean... It's not like Margaret Thatcher ran a soft and cuddly government. Like, it's true. mm -hmm. I don't know. Like, I'm so I, I love Isabella Francis' story. It's so much fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. ah. It does. It does have quite a bit of everything. It trashy divorces bingo. Yeah. I hope you yelled it at the disco (laughs) parlor. That's Isabella France. What'd you think? Woo! Had Uh, everything. It's good. It's I like that you're surfacing. These stories of powerful women from a time when we just don't think of 
women as being powerful back then, but there were... They're not given a whole lot of place in the history books. No, I mean. but it but it sounds like they... Made shit like, happen? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... They, they found their toeholds. The next three episodes in September are going to be way more super Tudor era focused. I have some super doozies coming your way. And I really want to make sure I stick the landing on some Tudor magic before we launch into our new limited series, Side Chicks, every Wednesday, starting October the 2nd. I'm so excited. But I'm not going to leave you hanging for Trashy Tudors, because I have a Mago next week, and you don't even know how good it's going to be. Cool. Are you going to preview the names, or are you just teasing that it's still happening? It's okay. You don't have to. I don't know. Do do y'all want to know? Does everyone yell at me? <laughs> okay, next week on the lineup, because I'm super excited. I can't stand it. Okay. Um, Isabella of Spain, Catherine of Aragon, and Mary I of England, Bloody Mary. Wow. Oh, a mago. And the grandma, mom, daughter. And they're, I don't know, I may cut that. I don't know. I'm excited. I'm excited about this one. Cool. You thought the Judds were something. I did. Wait until you meet these three gals. All right. That's Trashy Tutors, y'all. Cool. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Yeah. Let me know what you thought. Yeah, more next week. Oh, my God. So much more next week. So much tutor trash to come. Keep it tutor trashy, y'all. Cheerio. Bye. Bye. And thanks to you for listening. Trashy Divorces is a Hemlock Creatives production created and produced right here in Atlanta, Georgia by us, Stacy and Alicia with a little research and writing help from the brilliant Melissa O. Our art is by Sydney V. Smith. That's Sydney V. Smith at carbonmade.com. And our music is used with permission of Ratsy. Check her out at Ratsy's store on Instagram. And definitely drop into Ratsy's store anytime you're in Oberlin, Ohio. You can contact us at trashydivorces at gmail.com or find us on the World Wide Web at trashydivorces.com. If you need more trash candy in your life, our Patreon community includes some of the very best humans around and thousands of hours of bonus content at every level of support. Join the fun at patreon.com slash trashydivorces. Interested in some Trashy Divorces swag? Check out our merch shop and Trash Panda Enthusiasm Society at bit.ly slash trashy gear want to advertise with us reach out to sales at advertisecast.com for more information and last but not least come play with us on social media i keep most of our trashy divorces instagram hopping stacy and i share it up over on facebook including our trashy divorces podcast discussion group come join us over there and thanks again everybody for listening keep it trashy y'all